In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mother of us all. Amen. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. These words are familiar to us. They're ones that we are used to hearing this time of year, almost every year. They're on Christmas cards. They're in songs sung by local choirs. They're written on my window in my office. They're everywhere. And the story that they often accompany, the one with Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, the one we'll hear later tonight, that story is everywhere too. In nativity scenes and popular songs in the Charlie Brown Christmas special, the words that we're used to hearing at the end of Advent and at the beginning of Christmas are familiar ones. These are ones that many of us know by heart. But as I'm journeying through this Advent season into Christmas this year, I have found myself noticing two things. The first is that even though I've heard these words so many times, even though I could close my eyes and recite this passage from memory, even though I technically know how this story ends, it never gets old. This story These beautiful, poetic words from John, they never get old. And it's not because they remind me of carols or trees or eating way too much sugar or feeling exhausted in the face of the expectations of this season. It's not because they're tied to a specific season or holiday. Rather, these words never get old because I always need to hear them. In the midst of this season, yes, but also in the midst of every season, I need these words in a visceral, heart, and gut-wrenching way. Why? Because this story is about literal, tangible, real, feel it in your bones, know that it is true grace. About God caring so outrageously much about all of us that God comes into our life comes to us in flesh and skin with a heart that beats and breaks and loves us and calls us beloved. This is a story about relationship, about deep, unique, precious love from a God that pulls all of us in close and says, you are mine, and then destroys death so that we will never, ever be separated This passage from John is a story that I need to hear over and over again. Not because it makes me think of presents and cookies, but because it feels too good to be true. Because I seem to live in two different realities. One reality, which I like to call faithful Marissa, she knows that this story is of course true, because, well, God's incredible, and that's that. I'm saved by grace, through faith, for Christ's sake, apart from works. Faithful Marissa did very well in her Lutheran confessions class in seminary because she knows all the right answers. But broken Marissa. Marissa, who is painfully, deeply aware of her own faults and shortcomings, who has felt heartbreak and witnessed death and is so tired at the end of this year, and really every year? Who knows how much the experience of loving others can hurt? She wonders sometimes, 
She knows too much, mostly about herself, and she wonders how this grace that becomes flesh can actually mean something for her life. Because she doesn't feel good enough sometimes, and she sees the brokenness of the world, and she has a lot of questions. Maybe you know this feeling, this confusing, messy, mixed-up feeling of knowing that grace is real, but also kind of wondering what grace means for us, or where grace is in this world of ours. Maybe you too know this story by heart, but are wondering what it actually means for your heart, for our hearts. The second thing that I've noticed during this season is that the words we use to try and describe what grace is, the words we use to try and explain what it actually means for grace to touch our lives, for us to encounter God, the words are never adequate. They're not enough. Words can't actually do the job of describing what God is up to in this world. Words like justice and love and redemption and hope and new life and light, they only capture a tiny glimmer of what God means, of who God is. Words like Yahweh and Elohim and Emmanuel, they're not enough. So that's why God doesn't settle for words. That is why the word becomes flesh. Why God becomes one of us, who, as one of my favorite poets says, dines at our tables, walks our streets, dances at our weddings, and drinks our wine. Why God shows us what love looks like, cries at the death of friends, feeds the hungry, empowers those on the margins to become leaders, weathers storms with the disciples. God becomes flesh so that we might have a better chance at understanding what this grace means for our own fleshy, messy, exhausted lives. So that in the midst of our questions, we might be able to point at moments in our lives and say, Oh, look, grace. Oh, look, the word made flesh. This story of grace incarnate in flesh and blood and real life is one that we desperately need, but it's still one that we struggle to use words to adequately describe. And that's where images are helpful. We use signs around us to help remember where grace is in this messy world. And one of those signs that we use are called Christmas. Those are the ornaments that you see hanging on our Christmas tree today. Chrismons, or Christ monograms, are images that are made from Greek letters, and they're said to be some of the oldest images ever created to represent Christian ideas about God. In other words, we have been struggling for thousands of years to express what God's grace means for our lives. And we've needed signs of that grace in order to help us remember the promises that have been made for us. These signs that you see here today are beautiful because they're images that our ancestors looked at when they were struggling to see where grace was in this messy world that they lived in. When the Israelites 
were in exile, far from their home, away from the temple, and pining for a sign from God that they had not been abandoned, God sent light. The oil lamp is a sign of God's everlasting presence with God's people. A reminder that even when we sit in the midst of darkness, when we feel tired or depressed or anxious or we want a drink or our grief has made it so it feels like we can't breathe, God sits in all of that with us. God holds us as we weep, and as long as God is with us, the darkness cannot overcome the light ever. As we hang our oil lamp, Chrisman, on our Christmas tree today, We remember that God was with our ancestors and God is with us too every single day. Grace is never being abandoned. Grace is the experience of never being alone. We're going to hang the oil lamp on the tree. And as, as she hangs the oil lamp for us, let us all pray. Good and gracious God, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. You are with us always, even when it feels like we're entirely alone. Give all of us the strength to notice your presence with us and to call upon you when the darkness is too much. Amen. When Jesus is baptized, a dove is seen in the sky above. And the dove is a sign to God's people that God shows up in ordinary things like water and bread and wine. God is humble and awesome, and even in a world 2,000 years after Jesus has died, we have physical and tangible reminders of God's grace around us every day. Where there is water, there is a sign of the new life that we receive in baptism. And where there is a dove, we are reminded that God has claimed us as children of God, And that the Holy Spirit lives today in her holy and awesome power. Grace is being loved so much that we should be called children of God, for that is what we are. Grace is having a God who continues to show up in ordinary things to remind us that nothing is impossible with God. As we hang the dove on our tree... Let us pray. Life-giving, baptismal God, we pray that today and every day we might remember that you have claimed us as your children, loving us endlessly and calling us yours. Give us the strength to notice signs of your grace in the ordinary stuff of our lives, in rain, in baths, in bread, in grapes. Help us remember that we are beloved. Amen. When Peter is questioned the night before Jesus' crucifixion, he is terrified of the worldly consequences of his relationship with Christ. Three times in a row, he denies that he knows Jesus in order to escape persecution and judgment at the hands of others. Jesus had told Peter that he would do this, that before the rooster crowed that night, he would deny Jesus. And when Jesus is resurrected... And he meets Peter for breakfast on a beach. The first thing he does is give Peter three chances to say out loud that he loves Jesus. Three chances at redemption. 
Because the God we know is not only a God who offers forgiveness, who sees us as we really are and loves us, even though we will fail at this project of being children of God over and over again. The God we know is a God who offers redemption, new life, changed, changed by the act of being forgiven. We are broken people who will fail and keep failing, but our God is marked by wholeness and love, and God will redeem and keep redeeming. Grace is knowing that we're not enough on our own, but through God's love and help, we are redeemed and made different. As we hang the rooster on the tree, yeah. <laughs> let us pray. Forgiving, redeeming God, you know our hearts and you love us anyway. In all of our brokenness, in all of our failure, in all of our errors, you offer redemption and new life and you make wholeness possible. Enliven us with your love and help us to extend even a sliver of that kind of forgiveness to one another. Amen. When early Christians were practicing their religious tradition after the death of Christ, the powers that be of that day did not like it. They didn't like a tradition that spoke boldly about empowering those on the margins, about extending love to those who were deemed unlovable by the empire, about worshiping God and not Caesar. Early Christians were persecuted for their faith, and the ichthys, or fish, served as a secret symbol for Christians to identify one another during this time period. The Greek word for fish is an acrostic poem that stands for the phrase, Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior. And when a Christian was walking down the road, they could make one half of the fish symbol by drawing it in the sand, And if the other person approaching them completed the fish, they knew they were in the presence of a Christian. And if not, there's no harm in drawing a line in the sand. This tradition that we're a part of has always and should always be a controversial one, one that makes those in power uncomfortable and that lifts up the lowly. And grace is knowing that in the midst of this task of speaking truth to power, we're not alone We have partners in this journey, people to walk with and pray with along the road. We belong to each other, and when we stand together, we have immense power to proclaim the radical, empire-toppling message of hope, love, and justice, and new life. And grace gives us that power. As we hang the ichthys on the tree, let us pray. Loving and just God, give us the strength to seek your presence in our neighbors. Help us to notice the way that your love shines through the people around us and empower all of us to stand together and tell of your great love and justice from the mountaintop. Fill our hearts with courage to do the task that lies before us, the task of living in response to your love. Amen. Friends, as we prepare our hearts and minds for later today, for the telling of a story that seems too good to be true and that all of us desperately, desperately need to be real, we remember that we're not the first to feel this way. Today we stand with all of our ancestors in faith who have struggled to understand what grace can really mean for their lives, 
who watched and waited to be reminded that they belonged to God and that nothing could change that, who anticipated being told once more that they are indeed beloved. So as we go about our lives for the next few hours, we hold vigil alongside Abraham and Sarah and Hannah and Jacob and David and Esther and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Deborah and Mary and Joseph as we wait to hear once more the magnificent story about when the word really did become flesh and it dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Amen.